Welcome to Court and Call, a podcast by No Drama Theatre, episode 15. You are, of course, listening to the host, Mr. Sean Coyle, that is myself. And tonight, I'm having a conversation with the director of our upcoming production of Seminar, Karina Reichle. Karina and I will be discussing the ins and outs of directing a piece and how we coped and adapted it for an audio play during these testing times when theatre productions were postponed indefinitely or at least for the foreseeable future. Things are looking up and hopefully the theatre world can come back to some kind of normality over the coming months. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy Seminar, which will be premiering in June. Further details will be announced down the line and further details are enclosed in this podcast. So I'll let you listen to it and I hope you enjoy this engaging conversation with an engaging director. Enjoy. And I am delighted now on this edition of Court and Call to be delighted by Karina Reichle, and she is directing our upcoming production of Seminar. Directing is a great way to stay creatively inspired and learn a lot about acting at the same time. And it can be a daunting endeavor at first, but very rewarding. It allows, I guess, for a lot of insights into the craft as a whole. And there is no one better than I have discovered over the last few months of working with Karina. Karina, welcome to Court and Call. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for joining and speaking with me Hi, for this Sean. edition. So good to be here. Thanks for your introduction. Very kind. Well, you're very welcome. And it's very, very true as well. I guess we get started uh, with seminar. We have an open and coming. You directed, I assistant directed, of course. And I guess, as we were saying, getting into directing is, is it's quite a daunting endeavor. And with this version of seminar, we've had to create an audio piece and adapt it, I guess, from a stage play format into a radio play or audio piece. I guess we, we can get started on that if you like, and I guess adapting to that and, and the change, that was kind of daunting for both of us as well, especially for you though. It's kind of a true, throws you for six sometimes, knocks you for six sometimes. How on earth are we going to adapt this, especially this kind of play, which is kind of yeah. very visual with its ensemble cast? Yeah, so I guess uh, the question was because of COVID um, to not put it on at all, to do a Zoom version or to do an audio play. And I think the audio play will do it the most justice. Um, the, I think actually, like to, it wasn't so hard then in the end because we rehearsed over Zoom. Sure. Once we started, it actually wasn't that hard to adapt it because we did rehearse over Zoom all the time. Sure. Uh, it's really close already to an audio play how it works because we never did the blocking. And um, the hardest part was then just to um, get all the visual cues into the audio. So kind of you have to put all the acting into your voice, which I think none of the actors had done before, but they did great. Like it was a great job. And then we actually decided to um, add in a narrator because some things just don't um, yeah, just don't translate to audio. Um, but apart from that, we actually we left the play the same, and it amazingly works. Yeah, because I think it's, it's it's important to do so, especially with a piece like Seminar with its ensemble cast and its kind of comedy formula. Um, it's very much intertwined. These people's lives are kind of intertwined, and I think we were afraid that it would be missed somewhat if if people couldn't see it. Because yeah. um, in a way, directing a radio drama is more like film direction. Um, you know, you have to be silent. Um, this is a very contemporary theatrical piece as well. And I guess with the director, trying the cues and knowing the cues and using hand signals to 
convey ideas like faster, more emotion, stretch it out, step back from the microphone. It's very technical. And I guess we, you, was that something you felt that you definitely had to accentuate for this piece? Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Um, so once we decided to do the, the rehearsals became very technical and I could see it was new to the actors because it is much more like film acting because for example, you have to isolate every sound and you can't overlap your lines. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I th- yeah, so it became very technical. And I really, really hope that the chemistry will translate to the audio. But as I was saying, from what I heard so far, it actually, I think it really works. That's great. And I think I will translate. I mean, the cast makes all the difference to any production, but especially in this case, an audio production. And I guess luckily, in one sense, you don't have to worry about what people look like. That's one less pressure. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, I know people who've done plays and have had people in, do several roles and several different voice effects and sound effects. But I guess when it comes around to the auditioning process, auditions are essential to getting the best from the performers and especially in the most important roles. And just we we'll touch upon the rehearsal process and the audition process first. I mean, we have to go back now, back to November. It's been a long, long road and a long process. But how did you find the auditioning process for this rehearsal or for this for this for this production, I should say? Um, it's always a hard thing to do, but I think with this one, it, it was quite we did we did we did excellent people all audition for this piece, and it was it's such a hard choice to make and, and find the right characters to fit this particular play. Yeah, I mean, God, how naive we were back in November. I know. <laughs> thought there would be a show um but it was still in the middle of the pandemic it was before christmas so everything yeah. was opening up for christmas before the third or 100th lockdown <laughs> um, so, i forget yeah um so i actually i was just hoping that people would audition and that we would have a great choice and then i actually hated that so many people auditioned and they were all great and it became very difficult to pick and choose yeah. and then also um because we never saw them again. We never saw them in person. We never saw them in the room. So you can get a, a great video audition, but you just wonder, will they have chemistry? Mm-hmm. And again, I know I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be overly nice to no drama people, but I'm so impressed by the quality that everybody in rehearsals and the chemistry actually translated over um, like through zoom. Um, but that, yeah, that was definitely the hardest and then, I mean, you remember sure. to decide and be, because they were all great. And I think it's, we couldn't really make a wrong choice. But then no. again, now I can't imagine anybody else playing those characters. Definitely, definitely. It was a very strenuous process and a tedi- not even a tedious process because tedious makes it sound like it was boring. It wasn't boring at all. It was quite exciting. But yeah. just the quality was so good. And again, it was just finally, you know, really worried about making that really final decision. And I think, yeah. I think I think you did good with that one because, I mean, the cast, it wonderfully fit. And um, just we talk about the rehearsal process. I mean, we started rehearsals probably back in December and went all the way up till, I guess, the end of April, which was probably three, almost four months rehearsing over Zoom. And I think a lot of us were dreading rehearsing over Zoom. I think we thought that was going to be quite tedious a little bit or maybe it wouldn't carry over. And I really did. I was actually surprised at just how well the chemistry held up between the cast over Zoom and how they nailed it every time. I can't wait for people to see or hear this piece. They, they hopefully will to see it eventually, but, yeah. but hear it for in the meantime to, to kind of get what we're talking about because it really was wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, you have to imagine that most of the cast haven't met in real life before True. the show started. Um, 
but you wouldn't know watching them on Zoom. And I have to say that I forgot after the first few rehearsals, I forgot I was watching them on Zoom and that they were not in the same room. Uh, I was kind of almost expecting um, Greg to cross over and appear in Jane's apartment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I am. Yeah, like from a director's point of view, so the first rehearsals were actually great. And I think we got a lot of um, like text work out of that, which you normally in rehearsals, you, you go straight into blocking. Sure. We had a lot of time to actually talk about the characters and to get the most out of the text, which is amazing, as we all agree. Teresa Rebecca, <laughs> great writer. Yeah. And um, it just then at one point it got, yeah, it got to a point where I couldn't do more and I where like while the cast was always kind of waiting for um the restrictions to be um loosened so that we could actually perform I was more worried I was like I can't if if I can't rehearse in person we can't put it on in May we can't put it on in June yeah um, because at one point you say your lines but there's only so much movement you can do in your own room in front of the screen yeah and then also um yeah as you were saying as you said before the characters like live it lives from the chemistry and just like physical touch and closeness and you can't have that over zoom no no these guys did have something magical about them there was a little extra someone up there sprinkled magic over this and and made it work and made it happen i can't really i can't wait for the, the guys are going to be guests on the next podcast hopefully and uh we'll you'll be able to hear it uh, down the line and we'll talk a little bit about that later on but just in terms of vision and this can be just a very general question just your idea of being a visionary when it comes to directing something you know uh seeing it through to the end and and actors fulfilling it and i guess do you compromise it sometimes or do you not and and the battle and, and the kind of the the back and forth between that and your own head and i guess what does it take for you to have a clear vision and how to guide actors very comfortably in yeah. an order in order to portray a story and in particular this story as you had hoped for yeah i was thinking about that before and i don't think i had a definite vision for how i wanted it to look like or even who i wanted to cast mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. um i was so curious to see who would audition and then the actors actually brought so much to the table and to rehearsals and to their characters. Um, but then I think in general, as a director, um, you have all those ideas and you, you don't, you never think about money or restrictions and you just awesome. go like, I want to have this and that and that. And then you have a producer or production uh, manager and they go like, well, actually um, we can't. <laughs> and, uh, and so you dial it down and then that's where the compromise happens. But yeah. Maybe we never got that far in that process. Um, sure. At the same time, the whole play is such. I mean, it's an audio play now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the compromise. That is the compromise, and it, that's why I mean it's, it's a tricky situation with this one because, you know, a lot of people would would never compromise their art, and and they're they're there for the arts for the art's sake. But I think in this, I mean, in the era and the time we are living in, I think there really was no other choice. It was either scrap it all together or or compromise and and do it this and way. And I think actually, if you. It probably every kind of art, if it's a novel that's being written, if it's yep. a film, you only see the end product. And then that's exactly. I think that was um, that was what I was kind of trying to say is right now because we we finished recording, so basically pre-production and production is done. Now it's post-production yeah. time. It feels like oh, we didn't really compromise, did we? Even though, <laughs> as I was saying, the whole yeah. thing is a compromise. 
And I think this is it. You only see the end product and um, then it all makes sense. But obviously, I would say every kind of art is compromised all the time because life just throws curveballs at you. Yeah. And it just changes into something different. Absolutely. You just have to ride the wave sometimes and, and, and roll with the punches yeah. and make the best of a bad situation. But we've, we certainly did make the best of a bad situation with this one. And I know people are going to enjoy this. When it comes to just in your own directing experience, how do you feel or how would you go about, I guess, making the actors comfortable to pull off the performance that you want and, and just, I guess, interaction and interrelationships with inter director-actor relationships. How, how has that been for you? Not only with Seminar, but you can talk, touch upon subjects if you wish to, other pieces you've directed as well before. Um, do you find it hard or difficult? Um, I never put much thought into it. I don't know if that sounds really bad. No. But I think that's just my... Um, I think I'm a kind of person who always tries to make everybody feel comfortable around herself. Um, so like give the actors time to acquaintance themselves with like with each other sure. um but then also create an environment where they always feel like they can talk to me if they don't agree with a note if they have any concerns if they don't want to do anything so we have um in the like in the actual play there is some kissing scenes in it so i made sure from the very beginning if people would be into that or if they mm-hmm. don't want to do it because if they don't there's always a way around it yeah um, and I think that creates a, a, a comfortable environment when people feel they can voice their concerns. Very much so. Very much so. And I suppose with you adapting, you were the assistant director with No Drama's last big production, Gaslight, which seems like about three years ago now, even though it was December oh, yeah. 2019. It seems so long ago now, BC, wow. before COVID. But how did you find the transition over from adapting from being the assistant director to the actual director? You're, you're the boss in this one. So how was that leap for you? Great question. No, really it is because as an assistant director, you experience everything like you, 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 you're from there from the beginning to end, whereas as a cast or even as like a stage manager, you just come in through a specific time. Yeah. And I always knew that there was more work that I, I didn't really experience. I just like I knew oh Malcolm is handling it, Malcolm is handling it. Um but then all of a sudden now being director to feel that extra pressure basically because it's it's not only more work, but you're also, I think, you're, you're more into it. And um, it's more like your baby. It's it's your project, your, hopefully your passion project. Um, so you, you feel more responsibility and more pressure and you want it right. Also, you have more control and you want more control. Um, this is why it's so important to have a, a good crew around you. That was, apart from casting, my other biggest concern was just to get people around me that I would feel comfortable with to be sure. like, no, please handle that. Because as a director, you have to accept you can't handle everything and you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. So I always say you don't have time to think about the regrets of the past or the fear of the future. You have to just roll with what's happening in the present and in the now. Yeah, but um, you think at the same time, you, you get uh, all the voices, you, you hear everything, you're part of the production meeting, yeah. you hear all the no's and what's going on, and then you have to go into the rehearsal room and be happy face and be like, yeah, let's do this production now, and not, you know, tell the actors about all what's going on with the money or the rehearsal sure. space or, yeah. Um, so as an assistant director, you also get to hear that, but you don't have to deal with it the same no. way as a director. No, the director has to have the answers. The assistant director can, can yeah. assist on getting the answer, I guess, in a way. You have to know what's going on. But that's fantastic. And I guess, just again, it, it's a similar kind of question, a similar subject. But to you, what do you think makes a good theatre director? 
I don't think there is a definite answer to that because everybody works differently. Everybody needs different. So I think a good theater director or like a good director in general is if you get the best out of your actors and the crew and everybody around. Um, So some people like to be micro directed and they want, you know, you to be as specific as possible. Other Mm -hmm. people would prefer um, they want to improvise, they want the freedom. And then I think, it depends on the relationship between the actress and the director. So some work better if they have all the directions and some work better if they get no directions. Other people don't work. If they don't get any notes, they feel lost. Um, so yeah, a good director is somebody who, when you when you can find the right balance between that. Yeah. You get the best out of your actors. That's, I stick with that answer. Yeah, very much. That's a good answer too. And I, I agree with you definitely on that one. It's hard to know. There's no set or right or wrong necessarily answer, but I guess it all comes down to about seeing through the director's vision and working comfortably with the actors as well. I think when you have that hand in hand and the flow as well, I think you can't go wrong. And I remember when I read Seminar for the first time, we were in a reader's group meeting and we had read several plays. Um, I think we had read three in a row at one point and Seminar was the, the last one of the three. And I remember thinking to myself, I hope they do this one. I hope this is long before I was the assistant director. This was long before we knew what was going to happen. I remember it really stood out to me. I remember really liking it and saying, this is funny. This is quite contemporary, but it has a kind of old school or romantic kind of side to it as well, which is charming and endearing in its own self. I'm just going to ask you, what drew you to Seminar when you read it for the first time and heard about it for the first time? I was looking through a lot of scripts um, for different reasons, for college, but also for um, no drama. And... I just knew, I, I couldn't pinpoint my finger and I was like, this is what I'm looking for. But I knew if I read the right play, I will know. And Seminar was this kind of play. Um, and if I have to like break it down, what I like is, well, it's a comedy, mm-hmm. but it also has a lot of heart in it. Um, the characters are really three-dimensional and real people. Um, they all evolve throughout the play. Yeah, they all feel real. Um, even if some of them only have a few lines or if you know you could easily play them as a stereotype and then um, I like that it's set in only one room it only has one set for some reason I always like that and it's the kind of play where it feels like if you do it right as if the audience is watching in on on strangers like you you know it's you, the actors don't perform it for an audience but kind of they live their life on the stage and then mm-hmm. you as the audience feel like you watch something that you probably were not supposed to watch yeah and then and it like additionally to that it talks about contemporary like just issues like it, it, it talks about misogyny it talks about racism or mm-hmm. um, like racial exoticism uh, it talks about feminism and the struggle, what it means to be an artist, like a writer, but it translates to all kinds of arts without this being what the play is about. It just, mm-hmm. again, it, it it shows those people's lives and they deal with those issues and they don't have the answer and the play doesn't have the answer. So you as the audience kind of just get confronted with those issues and have to make up your own mind. And I really like that. Very much so. Me too. Some people have described seminar as provocative. Would you agree? Hmm. I can see why people would say that. Yeah. But again, I don't think that's no. 
I actually, no. for me, it's like, it's so weird because it, it works as a play and I think it's a great play, but at the same time, it feels so just like everyday life. And so the question is, why would you watch a play about everyday life? But yeah, I think it's just people that we love watching people. This is why we love Instagram. We just love watching other, in, in, other people's lives and how yeah. they deal with certain problems. Yeah, very much so. I think there's, there's an innocence to it almost as well, I think, and, and more yeah. so. It maybe I mean it's open to interpretation. Some people could look at it as provocative. I never saw it as provocative. Wow. Um, I saw it also almost like innocent or an innocence with with the with the the, the character, certain characters collaborating with, or colliding almost with experience. So it's when innocence meets experience, and that's yeah. what mixes it up and brings out the magic and the peace, and, and sets the wonderful roles uh, alive within it. Um. That's one of the things that drew me to it also as well. But I guess I, I would agree with you as well, too. Um, and I just, without giving too much away, we don't want to, we don't want to spoiler alert anything or give too much away too soon. But do you have a particular line or even a particular moment? You don't have to recite a line from, from the piece. Again, without giving too much away. That's a hard one. Because it is hard to do. Like, it's, again, it's such beautiful writing. It's every single line kind of, you could talk about it for hours. Um but one moment that just pops into my mind right now is um, when one character just repeats the bedroom, the bedroom, Martin, the bedroom, the bedroom. <laughs> because I think in the script, it's only written in like once or maybe twice. I think it's three times. Because, yeah, but... yeah, but because we, we like never cut or like we, yeah. because we don't stage it, but it's like just on Zoom, we would let it go on for ages and the actor would just like say it forever until I said, okay, stop now. Um, so that's, yeah, watch out for that moment. <laughs> Watch out or listen out for that moment in, in this yeah. version. Um, but it's not all about se- selling sex with this play. So the bedroom, the bedroom, it's not, a, we leave it open. We leave it open for your own experience. It's not all about that either. It's a wide array of subjects and topics. And Might be a Pomeranian behind the bedroom door. You never know. <laughs> Very good. It's not smoothie. We're doing this with dignity no. in class, I'm telling you. Um, I guess when it just comes to challenges in directing, um, apart from, from, the COVID situation with seminar and having to switch it over to an audio play. What other challenges or deep challenges have you ever faced within directing or assistant directing, or I guess just overall working on a production of some sort? Oh gosh. Um, that's the same. Like in hindsight, you all, when everything worked out, you forget about the challenges Absolutely. You too, because you would never do it again. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. I know it's like <laughs> apart from code. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, apart like, and also it's hard to take it out of context because this is so very much a COVID play that happened yeah. during COVID and got, I feel like the worst of it um, because we developed it so early on. Um, and that was, yeah, it was just, it. I think that was, let me think, because that, that kind of brings me like to that it went on for so long that we had the, um, the Zoom auditions, then we had to have Zoom rehearsals. I couldn't yeah. have the cast meet. Um, we could, you know, even the recording of it had to be remote. So, it's, sure. so I feel like I don't even remember any other challenges. So maybe if COVID didn't happen, this would have been the smoothest play ever. Possibly. <laughs> we'll never know. But that would, that would have been fantastic. I mean, it did go on quite smoothly. Um, as it is, as it stands now, it's still not finished yet. So it will be soon and everyone will be able to hear it as, as a whole. But I guess just how has directing seminar differed from anything else you've ever worked on? Um, this, this is this was your first time totally in charge of a production yeah. and directing it solely, wasn't it? With with seminar, 
Yeah, the first full length play. So I did yeah. play um, Insomnia a few years ago for the scene on Hurt. But because I wrote Insomnia myself and it only was three actors in it and I was only a 20 minute piece and we put it yeah. on the Shindig beforehand. Yeah. It was, I feel like, much easier because it was all my mind just put on stage. Um, this, oh, actually, yeah. So this is the first time a full length production, also something that I didn't write myself so yeah so the first like doing the first step I actually remember now uh, the Mm -hmm. first rehearsal I was so hesitant to like even start because I didn't have a clear vision I didn't know how I wanted it to go um and yeah you you don't know what direction you want to go in and then also because this is somebody else's work and you kind of want to do it justice but then um like j- just go with it basically like it helped me so much in just having the actors read the play <laughs> and then just like you know take it step by step um and see what comes to life and then everything kind of falls into place um what was that a question how it differs i think every play is different it's just so. because, yeah you have different actors you deal with different people you probably put it on in a different space every time sure each piece has its own personality almost um yeah, yeah. literally and figuratively figuratively as well I guess if you had any advice for aspiring directors or even people who are in no drama who have never directed before um any advice for them or any kind of tidbits or I guess yeah words of wisdom that may may inspire them or or maybe take away their fear or, or the daunting feeling that they may express or have when it comes to directing or having a vision of their own um yeah, probably just trust in the process. Um, if you're a director, if you're um, an actor, if mm-hmm. you are a producer or a stage manager, because it always takes time Yeah, for, for you, like for the director to get to know the cast, for the cast to get to know each other, for the cast to get to know the character, to learn the lines, to learn their blocking, mm-hmm. to get used to the space, you know, projection. So you always deal with the same issues over and over again for every play, no matter how often you've done it. Mm-hmm. And it always seems like you run out of time, but then it always works out. And um, another thing is, like, because we pushed it so often that I felt for a very long time, we were we kept, like, in the same kind of place, um, of just like rehearsal wise how we were like it so it didn't improve it didn't get worse um, but then the moment I said okay next week we're going to record uh, the actors didn't feel prepared but then again in the end they did an amazing job because I absolutely. think this is what you need you need an end point this is what makes a theatre theatre absolutely uh, you pull it together for the stage so the thing is even if you feel unprepared just trust in the process because if you put in the work there is nothing to worry about absolutely you reap your own reward and I think I, I think that's just it, it's a panicky thing with actors you think we're not prepared it's like what have you been doing for the past four months <laughs> like you know yeah sitting around <laughs> twiddling, twiddling your terms it's like you know this stuff you know you the script you know the words for a year you could rehearse yeah. for a year but you, you would have been there for another year yeah. and it doesn't only mean this piece any piece you ever work on yeah if there's no set deadline date you'll be there for the rest of your life because okay. you can always you'll always find something to pick out and go eh. it's like it's perfect as it is no we could make it even a little bit extra more perfect I think it's just the nature within us directors actors artistic people whatever you want to call us <laughs> but that's fantastic um, the future what's next for you Karina after seminar and any upcoming projects or anything that you'd have your eye on down the line um, nothing planned yet because as you were saying um, we've been working on seminar for quite some time 
So I'm actually, I'm glad that we've come to a sort of an end point for now, at least. Yeah. Um, I also just finished college. So I'm in the very exciting position of um, <laughs> starting something new, looking yeah. for jobs, but then also definitely want to like look for another project to direct again. And then hopefully, like very hopefully, and probably a uh, seminar is going to come back as a live theater show in March 2022. Woo! At one point. Um, so yeah, that's that's the future. That's the plan. That's the plan anyway. And I just think in, in terms of, without giving anything away, if you wanted to sum up seminar, maybe with five or even three, many bullet points you want to do that will kind of give people just a little clue or an insight of what to expect and hopefully what they can enjoy once it hits in June. Who okay. Um, well, it's about relationships. It's about kind of human nature, um, life as an artist. Um, God, it's also, it's funny. It's crude. Um, it has an amazing cast. <laughs> It's uh, ama- it has amazing writing, um, and it's set in New York. I don't know if you're not sold. I, I don't know what will sell it. <laughs> that, well, I'm a New York freak and love anything New York based and Absolutely. anything based around the intertwinement of relationships or this dysfunction of relationships. I think uh, people always are drawn to that or it appeals to people because I think it's something every human being at some point has gone through at, at some capacity in their life. And I hope people do tune in and listen to it can we are we allowed to say the dates of when it will be broadcast okay let me just check my calendar because i don't want to make a mistake it will be june 17th 18th and 19th of june that's a thursday friday and saturday excellent yeah so hopefully we'll be like those all radio pictures people gathered around their computers listening in Clustered around the radio to hear this show. Just hear this. Oh, you better have like one of those really old radios. A wireless. From the twenties or thirties, and <laughs> listen with your whole family and have a woolen blanket and a dog. Yeah, but that seemed ridiculous <laughs> at the time because people did used to do that. They'd be staring at the radio, um, and I guess it means you are focusing on the drama. I guess mentally building the sets and filling the stage in their mind, applying makeup, going along with the sound. You know, um, it's one of the the joys, I guess, of hearing back an audio drama to a live audience even if it's a, a play or whatever kind of piece however long or short form it is um you know radio drama is an intimate experience it works well with smaller groups of listeners in a small place like a living room or a kitchen or you could be driving in your car i think that's the perfect place to listen to a radio drama um and as i always say it makes you think i was talking about this last week in, in a live facebook chat you know if you're watching something sometimes you can just kind of switch off and you're not paying attention totally to it but i think if you if you have to listen to something that does make you think and, and make you visualize it even more and that's why the, the joy of the acting in this piece is people have really accentuated the cast have accentuated you know their voice character the character through voice and yeah you know, we and use sounds as well the words heavy it's it's a play actually like one of your very first questions is i think this was one of the best plays that we had to adapt to a radio play yeah. you know imagine you had to do a um a samuel beck the play for radio that wouldn't have worked <laughs> no but um yeah so so hopefully yeah um the audience will enjoy it just as much and i think they will yeah no i know they will you've put a lot of hard work into it everyone has but you especially karina this was your baby from the get-go 
And, you know, hopefully we all done you proud and hopefully the audience will listen on the 17th, 18th. Shout out to my amazing cast and crew and yourself, Sean, obviously. Well, never mind me. You can take me out of the situation for the moment. But I can't can't take all the glory. I can't do podcasts and get glory for assistant director. How do you do it? (laughs) I was going to leave room at the end for a shout out to the the cast. So if you, I'll let you do that, Karina. Okay, so shout out to my amazing cast, uh, John Lawler, Greg Freegrove, Jane Dewey, Andre Callanan, Zorka Hurley, and um, also Renee Fandashore, who's an amazing producer, Link Carroll, who's all Miss Moneypenny, and Johnny and Theo, who helped with uh, the fundraiser, and as long as we thought it's going to be a stage production, and also yourself, Sean, my amazing assistant director, couldn't have done it without you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We couldn't have done it without you either. So we thank you for the opportunity as well. Karina, we can leave it there. And as I said, we look forward to seeing what comes down the line from you in hopefully the not so distant future. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. Always a joy to talk to and work with. So there you have it. Seminar will be broadcast on the 17th, 18th, 19th of June. Please do keep an eye on No Drama's social media and No Drama's website for upcoming information that will be released regarding how you can broadcast stream or download this wonderful audio piece keep an eye on the socials just for general information and news regarding no dramas upcoming productions we have plenty of exciting things happening over the coming months especially this summer and also our tuesday night workshops are going ahead online of course seven o'clock every tuesday there will not be one this tuesday after the bank holiday we're taking a little break but we will be back on the 15th of June with a workshop facilitated by myself and Karina regarding seminar. We will be giving insight into how to create and I guess the business end behind the process of putting together a radio play like this. We'll also have some fun stories and you can meet the characters, the cast and basically have a conversation all things seminar. That should be great fun and it should be a great insight into the play as well as it is the week that it will be going out on the platforms which will conclude the season. But keep an eye on the socials anyway for our upcoming monologue nights and just general productions that we have coming up as well. A big thank you to Karina as well for sitting down and having a chat with me. Always appreciate it and always it's always good to talk with other creatives, especially about this production that we worked on together. And also thanks once again to the cast, Jane, Greg, John, Sorka, Andre and Renee, Johnny and Elaine, who were also involved with the production and other facets of this seminar piece also. And we will be back soon with a new podcast in a couple of weeks with the cast of Seminar, hopefully. And we will have further information regarding the play then as well. If you want to send on radio scripts, please do to contact at nodramatheatre.com. And it's always nice to hear from you. And um, If you want us to review plays for a future broadcast on Court & Call, the option is always there. You can also check us out, as I said, on the socials and on the website as well. Thanks for listening once again. And until next time, stay safe, keep yourselves well, and peace out.